I get a lot of messages from a lot of people saying, hey, I want to get involved. Um, and I would love to give you that tap into the industry, but I'm going to be honest with you. You just have to show up, show up, take the bull by the horns and tell who, whatever committee or situation it is, tell them by showing up that you are going to be involved. Um, it's one of those things that you just, people, you're going to be included if they see you all the time. Welcome back, podcast. This week, we are here with Emily Wheeler, a good friend of mine uh, and fellow leader in the Realtor Association. Welcome, Emily. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, thanks so much. We were also going to have Christian Ross originally with us, and unfortunately, she uh, is ill today. So best wishes to Christian that we, you get better soon, and maybe we'll have you on for a future episode. Yes, so, get, wet, get better soon. <laughs> um, so... What started this conversation today and why Christian was going to be here with you was on the very first episode that I had of the podcast. Uh, I was not speaking with a realtor, but we did a deep dive on affordable housing. And I always like to bring up, especially to, to realtors and to the public, about the uh, multicultural real estate groups. Because a lot of people, even realtors, don't know about us. Mm -hmm. And so it was a great kind of like aha moment for me of like, oh, okay, this would be an opportunity to have guests on and have an episode about each uh, multicultural group. Mm -hmm. But obviously there's so much more to tell about your individual story as a person. Um, so we'll talk about WCR a little bit later in the episode. But first, I wanted to give a preface um, and allow you to talk about how you came to real estate and yeah. um, kind of that story and journey for you and what where you fit in kind of uniquely in that community. Yeah, definitely. So I got licensed when I was 21. Um, how it and all, you're 22 now, right? <laughs> I'm 25 now. But how it all kind of came about was we, me and my boyfriend, who's now my husband at the time, we bought our first house when I was 20. And the experience was fine and dandy, but I found myself after the fact still looking up houses, you know, like everyone says, I just love looking at houses. <laughs> and I was in college at the time. And at that I, college just was never really for me. And I had an epiphany one day and I went to lunch with my boyfriend and said, Hey, I think I want to be a real estate agent. And he was like, okay, great. And so the next day he bought me the course and said, oh, very supportive. That's yes. awesome. He said, okay, you want to do this. Now you got to do it. And so I pretty much dropped out of college and focused solely on taking the real estate course. At the time, I was still bartending and waitressing. And so once I got licensed, I failed the test twice, finally passed it on my third time. Third um, time is the charm. Yes, right. And, um, and so then once I got licensed, I immediately hit the ground running. So social media is really where I got a lot of my business from. And from there, I just started doing business, which I'm so grateful for. I had two great mentors that really just helped me guide me into the business. One of them is very analytical and one of the other one was kind of shoot from your hip. But from both of them, I learned so much. It's good to have some of those different perspectives at times because you get to see both sides. Exactly. And then you can create your own way. Mm -hmm. I mean, because there is no right or wrong way in this field. Exactly. Right? It's really whatever your personal um, background is. You know, that's what's really cool is we all bring our own particular strengths mm -hmm. and backgrounds. Um, and, and I, I love hearing that. The other thing I wanted to touch on a little bit was, um, college, obviously. Yeah. So I think that real estate is so powerful, not only for, you know, owning it and creating wealth that way, but mm -hmm. the industry, right. Yeah. And so many people can elevate themselves easily if they put the work in. It's one of those few places where hard work pays off. Mm -hmm. You know, there isn't necessarily, uh, you know, some easy way to do it. Mm -hmm. There's not a quick way to the top. Um, and, and I as well dropped out after my first year of college. Um, it just was, there were several things that kind of didn't line up for me, but, um, I've, it has not held me back. You know, a lot of that has been just putting myself out there, trying, not being, you know, afraid of failing. Mm -hmm. And if I do getting back up and going on, um, and I think that it's really important to, to own that mm -hmm. and to speak proudly about it for people who, um, cause I, I, 
at once, probably when I was around your age in my mid twenties, like had second thoughts. And I wondered if I had kind of messed up and um, so many of my friends had done it and it was a recession. So a lot mm -hmm. of people were going back for masters because there were no jobs. Um, but I've really found my place uh, of comfort in knowing that it, it, it is who I am and that honestly, I still have so many talents and strengths mm -hmm. and I just found a job that, that caters to those mm -hmm. um, and really uses those to the best of my ability. Um, so I just want to say, you know, if you don't have a college degree, don't let it hold you back. And no, obviously definitely. you and I are both in leadership roles, even not mm -hmm. only in the industry itself, but in, you know, our volunteer associations. Um, so it's not a requirement, you know, it's don't, not. don't yeah. let it hold you back. And, and I did for a while, especially when we go to like Georgia games, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I wish I would have went to college. This would have been so much fun. But then I really think about where I'm at today. And at 25 years old, I, I really have a career and, and that's kind of where real estate even fit in. Cause when I was thinking about hey, college is probably not for me. What can I do right now? Because my thing was I wanted to be able to have a, a career that by the time I'm 30, it's like, it's full on. It's a business. I'm making money. It's growing. It's thriving. And there was really no other industry that I could think of besides real estate that I could do that in. Yeah. And it's very, I mean, there's so much, so many exciting things about there what is. we do. I mean, we do things that the public doesn't know about mm -hmm. and that even realtors don't think about until they get into it. It's very fulfilling. Mm -hmm. You know, and on the, on the, the other side of that, you know, so being in leadership and hearing people, you know, we're, we're all trying to improve our industry and, mm -hmm. and have us all do better as a whole. One of the things that I have always heard and I always talk, um, talk up, speak up about and, and, and now talk about how I don't have a degree is because you hear a lot of people say that, well, if we would just institute and raise it from having a high school diploma or GED to that you had to have a four-year college degree, we would get rid of a lot of the riffraff as they refer to it in the industry. Yeah. And I just think it's very damaging because you know you and I are highly regarded in this industry. We do well, we do well for our clients and we're giving back. And if that had been something that was instituted, you and I wouldn't be here. Exactly. And, and the college degree doesn't suddenly make you a good person or good at your job. And I think as real estate realtors, we you have to have a certain genesis qual about you to be successful in this industry. I don't think a full, whether I graduated from college or not, it, it wouldn't have changed who I am. I would still be successful in this industry, but a lot of people aren't because they either don't have the drive or they don't have the passion or it's just, it's a certain type of person Agreed. that it does well in this industry. And, and I hear some of that in your story, like, you know, Vic Collins, who mm -hmm. you also know, yeah. um, was here last week. Now he does have a college degree, mm -hmm. but you know, he worked hard, uh, to, to get where he is. And I kind of hear that in all of us. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel that whether you have a college degree or not, if you do well in real estate, you overcame adversity at mm -hmm. some point in some form. And so you had to learn to to work hard and apply yourself to get whatever it is you wanted. So that seems to really be like this big uh, gulf, if you yes. will. Like if you maybe were very privileged and didn't have uh, much difficulty, you you may not make it uh, that that well in this industry because you're you're not used to having to deal with hard things. Because a day to day. Uh, you can start the day off really great in real estate and then something happens the middle of the day and yes. you're down in the doldrums and then it comes back and you're positive at the mm -hmm. end of the day. It's, it's a roller coaster. It is. It is. And not to, to speak poorly on people with college educations. If you have one, no. that is great. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. But, Certainly. Yes. But it just, it was not my route and it wasn't your route either. Yeah, so. And don't let it hold you back. You know, yes. if you don't have a college degree and you're in this field or if you're not in this field, you know, come, come explore it. And, and find out what it's all about. And there's so many different parts of real estate. And that's, I mean, I'm learning every day that there are so many different things that you can do pertaining to real estate, that that's the coolest part of it. I mean, from where I started to where I am today, it's a completely, I have a completely different mindset. Yeah, I actually, different. I spoke with, maybe it was the second episode that I had. I think it was when Rick Guerrero was on. We kind of okay. talked about this, like following opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is when you put yourself out there and you're visible and you're doing work, mm -hmm. opportunities present themselves to you. So it's also, you know, real estate sales may not be the end goal. It yeah. may not be the end result. You know, an opportunity will come along and be open to it and see where it's going to take you. And that's another of the exciting aspects yeah. of this. So I know I kind of got us off track there no, a little bit. That, that's the joy of, of, you know, being Southern. We're very verbose. <laughs> um, but so I wanted to talk a little bit about your first year in real estate yeah. and how that was because you really blew on the scene. 
in a big way. Um, and I feel that, you know, it is the future of the industry. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, not even the future. It's here today. And I think it's where the breakdown and it will ultimately tie into sort of our leadership styles yeah. and our experiences in the association. So yeah. kind of talk about that. So once I got licensed, like I said, I was still waitressing and bartending. And so in the first six months, I closed 15 deals. Which is huge, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm very lucky and very blessed. And I worked very hard to do that. Um, and without the people that I surrounded myself with, I don't think I would have been able to be that successful. Let me say that first. But so once I had about five deals closed at that time, Anthony, um, my significant other, said, quit your job. I'm going to pick up a second job. I'll make sure I hold down the fort. You just need to focus solely on real estate. So that's what I did. So it was really only, I got licensed, I think, in June. So no, March. So essentially, by the time I started selling, I sold my first house in June. It was really six months of the year. So it did 15 deals in six months. And then from there, going into the next year, then my then I said to my husband, and I said, um, you need to quit your job and you need to become a mortgage lender. Love it. You guys are <laughs> so, encouraging each other. Yeah. So within the first two years of us really being real estate, we both completely quit our jobs cold turkey and both jumped into real estate full time. Which, what was he doing before mortgages? So he was working at a factory. He was going to school to be a mechanical engineer and he was working in Peachtree City and we live in Sandy Springs. So oh, wow. he was commuting a long time every day, um, but he was building ice machines, which was wow. not his passion at all. It was just something that he fell into. Um, and it's really cool to see him, how he's evolved because when we first met, he was not a super people person or, or really into that and didn't talk very much. And now, and if you know him, he doesn't stop talking. So, it brings it out. It, <laughs> yes. it forces you and it just kind of drags it out. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking on a podcast. I mean, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm the host and just even three years ago, I hated getting up and speaking at small ARA mm -hmm. events. You know, I was like shaky voice, yeah. so nervous and now I'm just putting myself out there. Yeah. And so that it's really cool to see both of us, how we've just kind of evolved. But so in my first year, um, we have something that we call in the realtor industry is what when somebody gives you a tap. And so kind of my first tap into the the realtor industry was my past president for Women's Council, Sylvia Gauze. And I remember she messaged me on Instagram and she, is that how she found you? That's how she found me. And she said, hey, I'd like to grab breakfast with you. And I remember I went to back to her Instagram profile and it said on there that she was the president elect for the Women's Council of Realtors Atlanta. And I was like, what is that? But you know, the millennial in me, I'm like, oh, she's the president, vice president of something. I have to go meet with her. So I did. And so she kind of explained to me what Women's Council is. And it's about um, just building leaders in our industry. And, and so our voices are heard and, and really helping grow people that are within our council. Um, and I really loved everything that she talked about. And so that was kind of my first step. And so I became their social media chair. So real quick, <clears throat> let me clarify. So um, I know there, I've seen y'all's like leadership academy yeah. and everything. So is that to not only grow leaders for WCR, mm -hmm. but the goal is to get those people eventually into the realtor association. So you have voices. And so, yes. And so it's different okay. paths. Everyone have different paths. So for me, that's probably where I'll end up going. So now as president of women's council, uh, for Atlanta, I'm, I'm also the co-chair for Atlanta YPN, which is the Young Professional I'm Network. glad you're bringing this up because I totally spaced in the beginning yeah. and did not introduce you with all the things that you do. <laughs> so please do a rundown now. No, that's fine. So I am also the co-chair for the Atlanta Young Professional Network, and I do sit on the state-level Young Professional Network um, for, the, for the Young Professional Committee. Um, and I will probably advance at the state level to become the chair for YPN in the next couple of years. Awesome. So I'm involved with a lot, but it's it's really shown me where kind of my, I think my destination has kind of formed itself in this industry because I didn't, if you asked me two years ago where I'd be, I would not say where I'm at now. Right now I'm currently over agent and development and training at my company for all four of our offices, which is huge, which I'm so excited. And your brokerage is? Village Realty, sorry. Shout awesome. out to Village Realty. <laughs> But I'm. It, it's it's really cool to see that all the things that I have been involved with has kind of 
formed my path into the into what I'm doing now. So very interesting story. Uh, I mean, obviously you've done a lot of follow-up. So mm -hmm. I wanted to highlight a little bit because I think I know a little bit of the backstory. Yeah. But, so uh, the president-elect of WCR found mm -hmm. you through Instagram. Yes. But that really wasn't by chance. And this is also ties into your business, mm -hmm. right? And why you've had the success you've had. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely think that she saw that I was just super active on social media and they needed a social media person for the council, for the network. And so that's kind of where I think it started. And then from there, they just saw how I was always showing up and always having ideas. And then from there, I got elected to be the, the president elect last year and then the president this year. So, yeah, so things move really fast. They do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's easy to spot fellow leaders, if you mm -hmm. will. There's a lot of, we don't want to discourage people from showing up, but there are a lot of people who maybe aren't quite sure where they fit in or how to make it work. And I think that kind of falls on us a little bit to make sure that we're supporting people as best as we can and engaging them. Yeah. Um, and in fact, uh, I know you had a meeting this morning. I'm headed to a meeting after this yeah. for member engagement at ARA, so, which is right around this whole topic. Yeah. Um, but I love that your president-elect was smart enough and, and you know, she realized the power of social media mm -hmm. and was like, we need this strength on our team. Let's, let's uh, recruit Emily, mm -hmm. right? And so luckily, you know, you were also receptive of that. Um, I, I, a big reason for me doing this podcast and other things that I do too mm -hmm. is, you know, social media is so powerful and it really removes kind of the gatekeeper, if you will. I mean, the realtor associations mm -hmm. and then these multicultural groups like WCR. I mean, there is so much, I don't want to say secrecy, but unawareness mm -hmm. of, of us even existing and what we do, not because we're trying to keep it secret, but because, you know, the, the world has changed yes. and we don't live you know, kind of in, in the real world anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, so much information is spread by the internet. It's also great because it's very free and easy to get that information out. Mm -hmm. So I think that all of us kind of have to um, embrace the internet a little bit more and, and bring that social media and, and use that to get more members, uh, mm -hmm. bring awareness to things. And sometimes it kind of leads uh, to some hand slapping. Yeah. Have you experienced that at all? Like if, if people, because it's a new idea and so yeah. people don't really know what to do. And sometimes they get nervous or... So, social media. So, we talk about a lot, like, not being able to share our personal views on things. And that's just kind of... And people stand where they stand on that. I personally don't like to share my personal, political, and things like that on social media. Um, so, I try to shy away from that. There's definitely things I see on social media sometimes that I'm like, yes, I agree with that. But I just try to shy away from it. Um, but not anything besides that. The thing I think I get the most slack for is that sometimes I'm too aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. They, they, they say that about so many young people. Yes. I think it's just an automatic label. I, I, yeah, I think that's like a diss to the millennials for sure. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. So I bring it up just because of my own experience, you know, so my, my mentors at the national mm -hmm. level with the realtor association, um, you know, have encouraged me. They said, if you don't get your hand slapped, you're not trying hard enough. Because, you know, the yeah. things that I, that I really am involved in are the sustainability side of things. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of awareness to, to inform people about yeah. in our industry. Uh, a lot of waking up to do, if you will. Kind of a bad term, <laughs> but there's there's a lot of information that need in conversations that need to happen in that space. Yeah, there's a lot of old assumptions that we're trying to get past mm -hmm. and disprove. And then the other side is inclusion. So yeah. that's also kind of a tough topic. And and, and it, people again, there's a lot of these labels. And uh, you know, you've been involved for several years now. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, starting my fifth year of of leadership and being it's involved awesome. in committees, which is kind of crazy to think back and look at. But um, I will say, like, there are people. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, if you will, because uh, I definitely have leaders above me say, you know, you think things are going to move too fast. And I'm like, oh, well, you should get the people that, you know, I talk to and that I'm, you know, conversing with because they're like, why didn't this happen yesterday? Yeah. You know, so it's like I'm a nice little filter for mm -hmm. you. Um, but I also think our world is changing so quickly in our industry. And I, I, I feel that you know, the pace of how things used to happen. We need to be methodical and calculated when we do things. But if we look at, well, it took us 20 years to do this past item, so mm -hmm. it needs to take us another 20. I'm, and I'm just throwing those yeah. numbers out there. We can't do that anymore. Um, I don't think that our industry is like at a threat of being around, like existential, but we definitely need to um, 
we have challenges and I think that we have to adjust to this new speed with the internet. We do. And especially with the next generation. So I am the next generation as a millennial and I know sometimes I definitely have to slow down because I want things to happen now. And I know that's not reality, but that's how a lot of millennials think. I mean, we, we have always lived in an environment where things have always been at our fingertips. You know what I mean? Um, so it's, it's definitely things need to move a little bit faster for us. <laughs> but I, I think as, as our generation comes into leadership positions, we will, we will start that trend. But we also need the guidance from, from the current leaders and the past leaders because they have paved a way for us to be able to evolve to the next type of level or whatever. Agreed. I mean, we have to maintain that knowledge yeah. and that past experience. It's not about doing away yeah. with it at all. And, and I think that there are people in our generation that um, do think things should move faster. It, it, so I like, you know, you and I are kind of balanced, yeah. if you will, as far as our approach to it, but we still run into issues. So yeah. it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I kind of embrace the labels. Uh, I don't know if it's a, a younger person thing yeah. um, because it's like, there's always going to be a label thrown. And uh, I think that if you focus too much on it, you might lose the point. Yes. Uh, and some people, you're never going to convince them that you're not that label. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know, and we hear it a lot in our industry that millennials just want to do everything online and they just want hands off and they don't want to talk, which is the complete opposite of how millennials actually are. We are super hands on. We want, I know, majority of my clients are first time home buyers, which are around the same age as me. And they want me to hold their hand through everything, which is great. I love to do it, yeah. but they, they don't want that hands-off approach. They want, they want to be involved and they want to know everything about everything. Yeah. Oh, do, don't they? Don't, yeah. I, I find myself explaining the most to my mm -hmm. millennial, my younger first time home buyers. So, so I do think that that, that stereotype of, of people that they just want it quick and now, I don't think that's true at all. Yeah. Well, and it's like what they don't like is the, and what we, I say they yeah. like, we're not part of it, but we don't like the unnecessary difficulties. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we have a, a way to solve that. Like I, for this week, um, I'm not, I'm not real big into Amazon because yeah. I think they've become like the new Walmart. They're yeah. like taking over. Um, but I tried a new grocery delivery service okay. this week because I mean, just a classic retail example of having to now go to like multiple grocery stores yeah. to pick things up because like this one carries this, but this one doesn't that, you know, that one. And there's this particular milk that, um, that we drink. Um, we only use it for coffee uh -huh. and it's always out of stock at Kroger and Publix. <laughs> and so I ended up being like, you know, I'm just going to check Amazon and yeah. see if they have it. And they did. And it was free two hour delivery and it was actually cheaper. It's like, oh my gosh, why? So while I want to support my neighborhood grocery store, yeah. it's like, get your stock levels right. Yeah. You know? And no, so some and of that you, is in our industry. Yeah. And, and I kind of have the opposite side of that. So I still love to go to the grocery store. Me and my husband were just talking about it. I love to go to Publix and I know the people and I know the people at the deli counter and they know me. And, and so... People still like that touch. Yes, yes. Well, and I do like my grocery yeah. store, other than this this, this milk. milk. That's that's <laughs> that a I serious situation. Get. It is, and it, as you as you saw, I just made yeah. a latte. It's like we gotta have three every morning, so <laughs> you know it's kind of it's very important. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I see that a lot in our in our our industry. So let's talk a little bit about um. So YPN and, yeah. and ARA. So um, you guys have a new program that you're starting this year called Wake Up YPN yes. quarterly. When is that first one? Oh. Put me on the spot. I am not sure. We have our first or our second YPN meeting tomorrow. I don't have a calendar in front of me. But um, Kristen Coffin is our current chair who is doing a phenomenal job this year. She has been super involved with YPN for a long time. Um, and this, I think this was kind of her idea, spearheaded. I know the commercial side of Atlanta Realtors Association did it years ago. And so we are trying to, to bring that back. They may still do it. Don't quote me if. I'm incorrect, but, um, we're going to just try to bring some really simple topics and just have a collaboration and this, a talk about them and have a speaker. Um, and they will be like from eight to 9 AM. So it'll be early, but we'll have coffee and just a way to, to network and kind of mastermind some things. Awesome. I love when I love the format going from only like afternoon and evening mm -hmm. events, right? So you can do something start your day off on a really great note and, and then get to work, right? Yeah. You want to do that. Um, so what 
is there anything you could share about that first event? Like, do you have speaker lined up? Do you know the venue? Like, what kind of venue? So it's we be? are doing it at the Atlanta Realtors Association. So okay. it'll be there every time. It'll be once a quarter, and I do not know who our first speaker is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I will say this: Young YPN is the Young Professionals Network, and um, we just had a big YPN event with GAR, so the Georgia Association of Realtors, at the GAR conference last week. We had probably about a hundred to a hundred and 25 people, I say, came to this event. And a lot of the people who were there were not your typical young professional, right? And so they all come up to me and they're like, this is, I'm not a YPN, can I still come? Of course you can. I I like to joke and say that YPN could stand for your professional network. It doesn't have to stand for young. (laughs) Um, But young at heart, young in the business, young however you you feel. You know what I mean? We just, we want to collaborate. And without the past generation of realtors who have kind of made our industry what it is, we wouldn't be able to to do what we have now. So, you know, that is so important. It brings up a couple other points with... uh, tying into the inclusion and having people who are allies who aren't Mm -hmm. necessarily, you know, that definition. So I know that, you know, the multicultural groups, for example, NAREP in particular, the Hispanic real estate professionals um, are trying to really spread the message of you don't have to be Hispanic to be a member. Um, You know, we need everybody in here as part of this discussion. And then, you know, again, disseminating Mm -hmm. it out to the larger community. Um, And WCR is the same way. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's a woman. No, our state president-elect, Norm Kennedy, who's also with Village Realty, he is a man. We are 10% men at Women's Council of Realtors. Yes. So, I mean, so it, it, it's it's great to hear that. And it's also, like, I'd say a double, maybe a double-edged sword. So I will say that, like, YPN mm-hmm. um, and then, the, like, diversity committees, mm-hmm. um, so many young people and or diverse people mm-hmm. sometimes get pigeonholed to those committees. Yeah. Like, when they're like, hey, uh, I want to join and like yeah. and give back and it's like oh you're a young person go to ypn or yeah. you know oh you're a person of color you should go to the diversity committee and those are good places for people to have that feedback but i think we also need to make sure and i think atlanta's done an amazing job atlanta yeah. realtor association at making sure that those people are not just stuck on those no committees, and they're not yeah that they're actually in leadership and they're at that table making the decisions but um, it so, is kind of a thing to kind yeah. of yeah, and we do on. have our emerging leaders program at Atlanta Realtor Association. Yes, um, and, and you I, just graduated this year. Yes, or last year. Yep. So I was in it for last year with Vic Collins, and there's tons of other people, and it's really cool to see where we have now all kind of fallen from graduating from that program because I think there's about ten of us who are now in leadership positions at the board because of graduating from I was gonna say you guys were a big class I was the year before we had 13 people I think you guys were like 22 25 somewhere in that we were huge and we I think they had received like over 50 or 60 applicants wow um which is great because in years past I don't think they received that many so which is everything takes time right and so now we're at a point this year i know it was extremely difficult because they had so many new applicants that they had to go back in multiple times to kind of cut it down um which you hate to to do that right but that's great that's showing that people want to be involved in our industry and they want to make a difference exactly and then you have a roster of like for this year i was um on that committee of the selection committee and kind of helping you know fine-tune the program and i think there were like 70 applicants i was shocked i was like wow like that's a huge number and i kind of view like i mean it's great to have applicants Mm -hmm. but it's like we also want to make sure that um when you start getting big like that it's like what do we do (laughs) you know um because the program you know especially to grow so quickly from my class in 2018 that was 13 people to europe 25 and we ended up i think with 30 members of the class this year wow. so it's great to have that now i'm just really hoping that we can implement some ideas that came from my class and your mm-hmm. class to build deeper relationships yeah. and really make it more of an experiential class rather than just uh, like instruction yeah and will. i think they do a great job with picking the leaders who who lead the classes last year with michael fisher and he did a fantastic job this year is christian ross who obviously could not be here with us today but she is leading that this year and you know what I mean? Both of them are just fantastic. Who led it your year? Uh, Valerie Levin of okay. uh, Berkshire Hathaway, okay. I think. 
I think that's who her, I might have her wrong broker. That's terrible. <laughs> but no, she did amazing as yeah. well. Um, and I'm really excited for just the continued leadership. Yeah. That, that and, and I feel like with that class, with my class, we are so close now. We still talk. We have the group chat. We still have a Facebook group. I mean, we, we still try to get together for happy hours. It's, it's really started a friendship between all of us, which is really great because we're kind of the next leaders so we already have a base which i love yeah because you'll you'll work together later and like you see when they do like the alumni mm -hmm. meeting or even if you're just in a, a board meeting or committee mm -hmm. meeting the number of people that are alumni of that i mean you really do make your friends and then you go up the yes. process together and so it really helps to understand like i will say as me i'm still relatively a newer leader um i'm the only person from my class that is at the level i'm at yeah. so far and uh, I do know some of those other people from being on committees yeah. like Lee Adkins mm -hmm. and, and Christian Coff or Kristen mm -hmm. Coffin. Um, some of those other people. There's also a lot of people that I'm just now getting to know. Yeah. Um, so I feel not, not at a disadvantage, but I'm also making up a lot of time. Yeah. Because some of those, about half of the people don't really know me and mm -hmm. I don't really know them. Um, so I'm having to really do a lot of ground and I'm trying doing one-on-ones, you yeah. know, very kind of networking type thing because, you know, I want us to be able to have discussions on some tough topics mm -hmm. and to be able to get past the labels and yeah. that's really important so it's i'm having to very much explain my positions and issues that i work with within the realtor association mm -hmm. and where they're coming from okay. and how they tie in um so and, and i'm sure as you yeah. as you continue moving up the higher you get to that spot there's more of that um like I found committees to be very welcoming. Yeah. And as you go higher up, there is more thought process going on and you have to, um, you get more opportunity to make change, yeah. but you have to sell it even harder. Well, and you have a bigger voice. And so people, once people start to know you, they start to listen to you. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, it goes with anything. What I really value about women's council is that we don't have a staff. So at Atlanta, oh wow, you guys do a lot without a staff. <laughs> we do everything, and so the difference between like Women's Council and Atlanta Realtor Association, we have staff members that really help us take notes and plan things and make sure that everything. They are on invaluable track, at Atlanta Realtors. Which yes, I mean at this local and state level, all of our staff members they do so much. They are amazing, but for Women's Council, we don't have that, and so I'm in charge of my entire board. And all of my board members are responsible for their tasks. And I have to, and me and my president-elect, we have to make sure that we are getting those things done. Because if we don't, it won't get done. Exactly. Um, Nagorep is the same way. I think yeah. a lot of the multiculturals are just because we're so much smaller. Mm -hmm. And um, it is. It is a lot more work. And it's hard to sometimes balance those. Because when you're in the Realtor Association, you have those phenomenal staff mm -hmm. to, I almost say sometimes, like last week, actually, Vic and I talked about this a little bit. You know, we kind of have we're visionaries and have mm -hmm. these grand ideas and then the staff makes it possible. Yeah. They go in and do all the details and the planning. But when you're in these multiculturals, um, I mean, you are yeah. both. And so, and so my board, everyone that's on my board is fantastic. I mean, my president elect is super involved with the empire board um, oh, of Realtists, which is great. And then she's, I, she is the vice president, second vice president for the uh, women's council for the empire board. So they have their own women's council network. My membership director is past president of NAREP, uh, Raquel Lavender. Oh, yes. Yes, who's amazing. All these names, you, mm -hmm. they just come up again and again. Yeah, Deanna Turner, who um, sat on many boards for DeCab and Women's Council, so yes. she has tons of knowledge. Kendra Brown, who is currently in the Leadership Academy for Atlanta Realtors Association, and she was our secretary last year, and she does a phenomenal job. Telsa. Ziad, so she does, she was actually our education chair last year and then moved up to our program director, which is kind of the next step, which I love to see because she's grown and now has kind of fallen into this new role, which is awesome. I think that's everyone. Yeah. If I missed you, I'm sorry. Hanifa, who is our new education chair, she's fantastic too. It, yeah. it, sometimes it is hard. You always forget. It's always one person. And then you're like, yeah. it's no, so not a disc. Yeah. Um, so actually, let's go back just a second. Yeah. So um, we were talking about social media. Yeah. And so you came on and you were social media chair mm -hmm. for Women's Council. Um, how did you grow that channel for them? What was your kind of your, your plan? You, I assume, applied a lot of what you did in your business. Exactly. To this. So everything that I did for my business, I just did for Women's Council. Same thing, just making sure that you're advertising to the right to the right audience, growing the Facebook page itself, and and so we learned in the last couple of years that like your visuals are the are the 
biggest draw, obviously. So we had a huge revamp of like our flyers and how we promote it and, and the visuals and graphics of everything that we do and making sure we have a professional photographer at every event and doing videos and making sure that our banner like for our events that it looks sexy is how we call it it has to look sexy you, people want to be somewhere that looks like it's going to be cool exactly exactly i love it. and y'all did all of that without a staff we did all, all of that with just us yeah i mean and that's really what i love about it the most is because now as i flow more into the the board getting involved with the board more is i have come from somewhere where i'm used to doing it all and so i have a ton of knowledge and 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 i've done it you know what i mean so now i can add more value i think because oh, certainly because i've done it all already yeah that, well it also makes a great realtor mm -hmm. somebody who starts out and kind of does all of it rather than just going into a certain position at yeah. first you have that that knowledge of how all the process goes mm -hmm. so you're just more prepared for it so we we kind of skipped over early uh, earlier about some of your journey to yeah. things so i wanted to bring up you are actually i think my first podcast uh guest that this is not your first time on a podcast yes. so uh, I heard one of your previous podcasts because it's one that I listen to. Okay. Um, and I thought it was a really interesting story just about, you know, that side of yeah. your journey and how that went. So could you tell us how that yeah, ended up? Yeah, definitely. So through being involved, so uh, being involved with YPN at the Atlanta Realtors Association, we had a panel a couple years back where we had top producers come from around the country. And Patrick Lilly was one of them. And he runs a conference and a podcast called Real Estate Success. Or, and the conference is called Rev. Um, and it's typically his conference is for, if you're doing, I believe it's 25 million plus and 50 units up. So it's oh, wow. the top, top of, of the industry professionals. And he was speaking on a panel and I had asked a simple question about, I, I can't even remember exactly. It was something about me wanting to raise my price point. And from there, we started talking and he's like, I want to interview you on my podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's cool. And I remember I was so nervous. I mean, literally, I was so nervous. But it's kind of cool to see it full circle now. Um, and from that podcast, he invited me out to Denver to speak at his conference. Um, and then I'll be going back again this year in my, to Miami. And it's really cool to just see that that whole connection started because of Atlanta Realtors and because of the Young Professional. And because you stood up and asked a question, right? That, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So when is that conference this that year That is Miami? September, I think it's September 20th through 24th. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. It's in Miami at the Four Seasons. If I, I can get you the link and you can share it because the conference itself last year was awesome. Um, I've always heard in our industry that people... Certain people like to share everything that they do. And some people ask or say, like, why would somebody tell you all my secrets? And I've always heard that because only 95 or only 5% of the people that you say what you do are going to actually do it. Yes, it and, is so true. <laughs> and so, and, and that's how I am. And that's how my husband is. I mean, I will tell you all my secrets, everything that I do. And people are like, oh my gosh, why would you do that? Because only 5% of you are actually going to do it. Yeah, I mean, there is a certain... You know, you have to be in the know, if you will. You have to yeah. know to do it. But even when people get the information, so many times they don't, mm -hmm. right? They don't execute. I mean, this podcast is a perfect example. Yeah. I had thought about it for a while. I was, I did have some nervousness mm -hmm. about it. And, you know, exactly what am I going to call? That was the hardest part was yeah. what am I going to call this wide reaching topic, right? Um, but it is true. In fact, I, one, a previous episode just recently, I said this same statistic <laughs> yeah. uh, because Ariel Baverman and I are teaching mm -hmm. a class at ARA together um, in March. Yeah. Um, and it's about, you know, niches right yeah. and building your niche and so you know i'm going to share one of my niches and what i do it's around content creation yeah. for mid-century modern homes and you know that was something i heard when i first was putting it out there yeah. people were like well you're just putting all the info out there other agents are going to steal it and it's like yes i you know i do see other agents on my site and they sign up for yeah. like newsletters and stuff but they're not the source of the information and you know they aren't authentically speaking it so they're still not uh, knowledgeable on it and in the four years i've had that website it is now a little more than half of my web my um business awesome. it actually is a big reason for me uh increasing my price point because yeah. a lot of my high dollar uh, clients come from that that source um but there's only been one person who has even tried to kind of replicate what yeah. i did um but he still held the information back yeah like he really just made a landing page 
and he doesn't put the information out there. And there's so much business to go around. Exactly. That I, you know, we are all different people. And at the end of the day, people work with, everyone knows, people work who they like, know, and trust. And even if somebody else did the same thing as me or I did the same thing as someone else, people are still going to work with who they like, know, and trust. Exactly. No they, matter they what They feel it like is. they know yeah. you. So that, that ties in a little bit to maybe some more stuff about social media. So I interviewed um, yeah. Vic last week. Mm-hmm. His episode's not released yet, but um, he, we talked about social media and he said that he gets the most business from Facebook. Yeah. But I think you might be Instagram. Am I right? So I am. So I'm kind of a mix of both. So Facebook, I get direct. People contact me directly on Facebook a majority of the time to buy houses, whether it's in Facebook groups or I don't do a ton of advertising on Facebook, but I do sometimes do ads and it'll come through there. Now, since my algorithm is kind of set up, I get a lot of people to just go to my Facebook business page. Um, Instagram, I get a lot of referrals, which ironic is kind of weird, right? But people refer me to their friends and family through Instagram. So I'll get messages all the time where they'll say, Hey, I heard my mom is looking to buy a house. Can I give her your info? Yes, of course. Great. Very, that's awesome. Yeah. So, and, and it, it really shows you have to be personal. You have to show that you are a real person. Cause I think that there's this perception of as real estate individuals that we all have money and we're all successful and we're all doing so well, which is not the truth at all. Yeah. I mean, and so you have to show that you're real. And so I, and my husband does the same thing, just show, do a really good job of showing that I have a dog just like you and I go to the pool and drink a beer and I, <laughs> exactly. you know what I mean? And I'll go They want to connect with you. They want to yeah. see like a similarity and it helps too because mm-hmm. when, you, when you finally do meet and, and connect, you can talk about real estate obviously, but yeah. also it doesn't feel so forced and fake because yeah. you can also talk about Yes. And, and I think for us, we are, especially because the majority of our business is first time homeowners, we are still in our first home. We only bought our first home three and a half years ago. So no, four years ago. So it's, we can just speak to the, to what we are currently doing. And so it just comes across as I understand you. I get you. I, I've been in your shoes before. And you're so, so fresh in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you and I have kind of talked about this in some of the other um, uh, chairs and people yeah. at ARA. You know, some of that is when we're talking about even education at our association. Yeah. It's great to have these phenomenal top producers that are like at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. They've been in it for decades and they're, they're doing something insane. Mm-hmm. It does uh, encourage people to kind of reach for the stars. We yeah. need those kind of goals. But if you're like a newer agent or you're looking to reinvigorate your business, somebody who's doing 50 million a year and has been in it for 25 years, they probably don't really remember how, where they started. Exactly. Where they started or what they did that really did the change. Yeah. Um, So I know we've talked about, a few of us have talked about, you know, trying to make some, not get rid of that format, but loop in and maybe do some people that are are not there yet. Maybe several years into the industry and that are maybe at like, five and 10 and 15 million who are doing things and then they can share you know what they did today Mm because that also ties back to how fast our industry is changing Mm -hmm. if you started 20 years ago um you're probably not going to start the same way today no and you and you won't and i mean we have to remember that your average realtor does four transactions a year i mean that's not a lot no it's not and so when you have top producers that are doing 15 20 25 transactions that's huge and where they're getting that business from like where where's it coming from is it coming from referrals is it coming from family is it because coming from your sphere of influence where is it coming from and i think majority of us would say it's coming from social media exactly whether that's your sphere Mm -hmm. or people that just see you out of nowhere you mentioned something about you know people like wanting to know you personally. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I get a lot of leads and people yeah. come in th- through my niche website, yeah. my content website. And I actually met a new client this weekend. We had been talking a little back and forth via text and email uh, in preparation for him coming to Atlanta and looking at some houses. And when we met, I, so he kind of had been, I guess, looking at like on Zillow and then yeah. my website. So okay. it's like, yes, my website and Zillow. But again, you know, mine's not just some generic real yeah. estate website. But the whole thing was he's like, so remind me where we met, <laughs> you know, and I had to yeah. say, oh, we met th- through my website, yeah. um, you know, Midmont ATL. And he's like, oh, I'm so glad because I wasn't really sure if you were like an algorithm or a bot that I was communicating wow. with. And I was like, no, that was really me the entire yeah. time, like sending you messages. Um, and it really just 
blew his mind yeah. and, and really helped him feel a lot better. Yeah. And I think to that point, I mean, when we go back to talking about millennials and, and the next generation of people buying houses, right? Um, people want things now, but they want you to be hands-on. And so I have kind of converted this last year into more of a listing agent compared to buyer's agent. And years past, I was almost all buyers. This last year, I was almost all listings. Oh, wow. But be able, being able to convert buyers from my listings, being available to show the house when they want to see it, and then right there, you solidify the relationship. So I had somebody that me and my husband just closed about – a week or two ago now and we were the first realtor or I don't even know if we were the first but we I ended up showing them my listing and I just told them the whole process I mean the in the matter of us standing there and I showed my value same yes. with my husband he w came with me and he just showed his value and this is how you get a mortgage this is what this looks like this is what all this means and so they ended up working with us that's huge because so also on a previous episode we kind of talked about some of that misinformation yeah. about housing um, and that really especially holds back uh, minority buyers. Yeah. So all of us multiculturals are really trying to move uh, move our home ownership numbers up. Yeah. And a lot of it even comes from, can I qualify? Mm -hmm. You know, do I have to have 20% down? Because there's still a lot of people that think you have to have 20% down. And you do and, not. Yeah, and that's not been the case for a long time. Yeah. But that information is not out there. So, you know, kudos to you guys for, for putting that work in and, and trying, mm -hmm. you know. And, and it's, I love working with first-time buyers. I, I have them less and less now. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if you're able to maintain those over time. Like for me, as I got more successful, mm -hmm. um, people i had some people that either thought number one my i didn't work with yeah. people in their price point or um uh or first-time buyers and then i i have had a couple friends actually that were first-time buyers that ultimately didn't work with me because they assumed i didn't need the money you know they assumed yeah. that oh chris is doing really well so i'll go with somebody that's yeah. hungry and it's just an unfortunate thought process because while i don't need the money like my whole reason for being in this business is not the money it's yeah. about uh, I got into it to provide a higher level of service mm -hmm. to people than what I had experienced when I bought and sold houses before I was licensed. Yeah. Right? Um, so I wanted to give people, and I really loved working with a lot of my, you know, um, <clears throat> lower priced individuals. Uh, they were, you know, buying lower priced homes and you call them entry yeah. average price points because I, I knew that most people wouldn't give them the level of service that, yeah. and they were so appreciative, right? They're so appreciative and so easy to work with. Um, so I want more of them to come yeah. back. <laughs> um, but it, it, so it is sort of that yeah. thing of as you do move up market, what that perception yeah. is that people I have see. a client, I have a perfect example of that is that I helped them buy a house and then they ended up selling one of their rental properties. And now we are looking for, we were originally looking for a house for her mom. And it was going to be like $50,000 condo in Conyers. And she had asked me like, hey, Emily, you know I love to work with you, but should you should I get another realtor that kind of works out this area or lives out here and works this price point? And I said, no, 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 no. I'll help you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't care what you're buying. I want to help you regardless. Turns out they ended up switching gears and now they're buying almost a $300,000 house, which is fantastic. But what if I would have said, oh, no, I don't work $50,000. That is huge. I actually have a similar story last year yeah. that turned into some friends of mine um, and they know another realtor. They had actually been working with this realtor initially and they uh, weren't getting anywhere because they were looking at buying an additional home okay. for a family friend. Yeah. So it was going to be like high 100s, 200. And this person has a, generally a higher price point. And so they kind of felt like they yeah. weren't getting the attention. So they ended up coming over to me and, um, and so, you know, and I, I was very available. Yeah. I, you know, I got them in with a lender cause they hadn't done that part yet. And, um, what ended up happening is they ended up buying, instead of buying that house, they decided to buy a new home, a much larger home. And they just all moved in together. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that was like a $450,000 yeah. home. And then we sold their current home for just a little under 400. So, you know, that what might've been 200 ended up being like nearly eight. Yeah. Um, so which you just huge. never know yeah. how it's going to go. And so, but it doesn't always work out that way. You do it because you really want to help people. Yeah, exactly. You and have to be genuine. Like I, at the end of the day, if I can make more money than I went into a transaction with in the beginning, then I have won. 
You know what I mean? And if they, from, from my business standpoint, if they are happy and they are ecstatic about the house that they bought, then I've really won. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not all about the money. Um, and I think we get caught up by that sometimes that, Oh, I don't want to work that because I'll only make X, Y, and Z. That's not the point of what we're, what we do as a profession. I know that's crazy, right? Our, Our point is to make money, but it's, to be a successful realtor, that can't be your only exactly. point. I, I kind of joke a little bit um, because I haven't had many past clients sell. Yeah. I've only had two. Really? <laughs> only two. Um, so you did a really good job finding I them know. houses so I, so I, I, I do say, I'm like, it's because I match you so well with yeah. houses that you don't ever want to leave. Um, but but yeah, so I, I haven't had that many yeah. sell, even in the... the four years that I've been in the mm-hmm. business now. I did have a couple people this year do that. Um, you know, and it was so great to see them after two and three years walk away with this equity, huge yes. equity um, and go into something something else mm-hmm. in the area. So Yeah. I actually had a couple of people last year call me and said like, hey, should I sell my house? And I felt like I did something wrong. So I was like, you've only been in your house a year. Like, no, not yet. Do you hate it? And they ended up not selling because I was like, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. This is a great house that we found you. And... I know you're looking on Zillow, but <laughs> your house is really great. And so they, they realized that they did make the right choice when they awesome, bought it. Awesome. Yeah. So as we wrap up, any little tidbits you want to add in? Um, I think if you're, I get a lot of messages from a lot of people saying, hey, I want to get involved. Um, and I would love to give you that tap into the industry, but I'm going to be honest with you. You just have to show up, show up, take the bull by the horns and tell whatever committee or situation it is, tell them by showing up that you are going to be involved. Um, it's one of those things that you just, people, you're going to be included if they see you all the time. Perfect. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Emily. Thank you so much. Real quick, one last thing before we leave. Um, since you're so big on social media, um, yeah. I always have guests share their social media. Definitely. So on Instagram, I am, um, at Emily, the realtor. On Facebook, I am Emily Wheeler, W-H-E-E-L-E-R. And then my Facebook page is Emily Wheeler, Atlanta's Best Real Estate Professional. Awesome. Well, thank you, podcast. And thank you, Emily, for coming by.